0: all right all right everybody the four agreements so tomorrow or whenever I post next probably tomorrow if I can um we'll be on page thirty nine so today we're talking about pages. 35, 36, 37, 38. Um... So, last time I talked about this part of the story about this girl, um... Who was told by her mother that she sings ugly. And the book goes on continuing to say that, you know, uh... She develops a complex. And after that fact, um... You know, she doesn't really sing again, and the book kind of points out that, um, you know, the reason things like this happen, um, such as you know, the mom coming home with a headache, the girl being happy and singing and dancing or jumping around, the mom telling her to kind of shut up because her voice is ugly, uh. But the voice wasn't really ugly, but she just said that because it was making her headache worse to hear the kids singing because she was already stressed out. And so the reason why the book explains that things like this happen is, you know, people are using what the book calls black magic. um, And the person who this black magic wording is being used against, uh, such as the daughter... Um, The person uh, is getting, um, you know, they believe in the opinion, in the opinions of others and that belief is enough to develop a complex, stop somebody from doing something, keep somebody from doing like what they believe they can do. Just from one instance of somebody saying something, somebody can become shy or insecure Uh, They give another example of a friend who Some reason one day tells her other friend. Oh, that dress you're wearing is ugly and then It leads that person to maybe never wear that dress again or something um And then it goes into talking about the worst type of black magic which is Gossip A little bit before that, it talks about, you know, it says, like, they don't know what they're doing, like, people who are using this form of words of black magic against other people don't really know what they're doing. Uh, They don't know that even one instance of saying something wrong or bad towards someone else can make them, you know, develop a complex, and they also don't really, um, I mean, maybe they know, but they don't have to know. Um, it still kind of works the same either way. <clears throat> now, I don't really know how this works if there's an apology afterwards and maybe like an explanation um, of, like, look, I was just having a bad day. Not that it's an excuse to be yelling at you or telling you to shut up, but my headache was getting worse. That's why I said your voice is ugly. It's actually, in reality, not ugly, it's beautiful. And I'd actually want you to record me a couple songs. I'd like to have them on a CD to play in my car or something. Like something encouraging and apologizing might help someone to kind of like challenge that opinion that they now have of themselves because of somebody else's, um, uh, because of someone else. But I don't really know. Uh, They don't really talk about that, at least not at the moment. Uh, but coming from the field of psychology, I know that there is such thing as, um, you know, work that people can do that's, um, uh, I guess they're called, uh, corrective experiences. Um, and so it's like a person can have maybe like, like abuse in their past or, you know, they don't like a certain type of person, like, maybe they don't like people who have ever been in the military, because their parents were in the military and treated them like crap, and therefore now they don't trust anybody in the military, but then maybe they meet somebody at school, and that person's a veteran, and they develop a crush, and that person's really a safe person to be with, and, you know, they have a good relationship and bond, and so they meet one, it only really takes really meeting one uh, person um who who um you know can set a corrective experience i mean when i was working in therapy you know there are people who maybe didn't want to work with certain races or certain genders or certain you know um language backgrounds like some of it it's like okay it makes sense um with your comfort levels and preferences and things like that but there were people who like oh I don't really want to work with this race of people because they don't trust them or whatever they feel like they're not understood so me being a minority you know a lot of times it was kind of interesting you know because a lot of my clients were like interested to work with me because you know most of the people that they were working with were um you know Uh, cis straight Caucasian women which is fine but that's kind of the majority in the field and when people don't see themselves represented or they don't see like oh this looks like the people around my neighborhood or like something like that a lot of times they might not be interested to really be open with them about stuff so you know I definitely kind of understand how there might be a preference And I also understand how there might be, you know, a person who feels like, hey, you know, these other people um, did me wrong. And so anybody in that category, I kind of don't really trust because I've never had, like, a good experience. Um, So that all makes sense to me. Um, Most people don't sit and challenge things like that. Like, if somebody says, your dress is ugly or your voice is ugly, They're not going to sit there and challenge it too much and be like, you know, this is one person out of 50 people who have ever complained about my voice. Or I've been wearing this dress for two and a half years and my friend never said that it was ugly before. Like, what's up with this person? Or like eight other people complimented me about this dress, you know, like. And this one person says it's ugly and, you know, I can tell they've been having a bad time lately. Um, so maybe they're saying it for that reason. Like, I'm not making excuses for people saying dumb shit, and I'm not saying I never say dumb shit. I'm just saying, you know, it does happen, unfortunately. Um, but it is something to really be careful about because, you know, our words do have a lot of power. Um, I do recognize myself, um, having, you know, kind of more of like internal. Opinions about things where it's like you know I wonder what of these opinions I got from other people, like I remember being in school in college um in university, and looking around me and being like, There's not really a lot of people that look like me, you know now, I was raised in a household where education is definitely priority um and it was very much a value of the family um so i was never told oh you can't do this you can't do that i was always told like yeah you're going to probably be a doctor or like get a phd or an md or something like nobody ever told me i can't do it nobody ever put up barriers in my family in the way that like you know trying to pay for stuff like you know like maybe i mean my folks helped me out a ton but like maybe like sometimes you know they couldn't really pay for the parking permit on time or they couldn't really pay for the books on time or for the classes on time or whatever the fees were you know like yes they were paying for a lot of it not all of it but a whole whole lot of it and even if some of it was late you know I didn't have to like work a 40-hour work week every week and on top of trying to carry a full caseload, the course load. Like, I was basically um, able to spend time studying and that was my... My job was to study, you know, and do well and pass my classes. And... But I do think I did develop a complex for sure in, um, in two ways. Like, I would say just not seeing a lot of representation... Like when I, I remember when I grew up, I, I remember having these thoughts when I grew up that I kind of thought, you know, black people, you know, might not be able to do everything that other people do. Um, now I didn't really know why I thought that way, but I just thought, you know, as a black person that I was inferior. And the reason why I thought that, you know, I hardly had any black teachers, anyone who I ever saw who was in a position of power or control or in charge of anything there were very few black people that I knew that were doing that now it's also because of where I lived um and the way I was socialized like my parents didn't like necessarily raise me around like a black community of people like it was a diverse group of people but it didn't have like any majority like there was no majority black population like I was definitely often the only black person in the room for most of my life even nowadays still that's usually the case unless I go out of my way um to go to events like Juneteenth events or black pride events or things like that or if I'm out with my black friends then it's like okay I'm around black people but um you know I feel like uh yeah, that wasn't always the case. Um you know, with my beliefs, I didn't always understand like you know, I saw like the Cosby show and like it's a different world um with like black people going to college and that kind of thing. Um But I never was able to, like, visualize as a kid, like, what my professional life would look like. I was just like, oh, I hope I pass my classes and do good. But I never really, um, was too sure how to get to a role of, like, um, either having power or having, uh, success or, you know, all I knew was get good grades and that'll get you in the door uh, get degrees, get good grades, get a lot of experience working, and that'll get your foot in the door. And that is pretty true. Um, but is there discrimination? Yes. Um, I don't even think that job sites sometimes notice that they're discriminating. I've seen it. Um, but I think sometimes they don't really even notice that they are. Um, and sometimes they do. They're just ignorant and uneducated about different types of people it's changing a little bit at least you know I'm other I'm over in Southern California so of course it's pretty diverse and it's it's a diverse but segregated not like formally segregated but it's pretty racially segregated as long as far as like majority populations in certain areas of the city like certain areas are white people certain areas they're Japanese people certain areas are Korean people certain areas areas they're Vietnamese people certain areas they're Latino people like there's just different areas that have different types of people they're not usually always all combined in the same neighborhoods um some areas are pretty diverse like I'd say Long Beach is pretty diverse uh parts of downtown uh parts of Hollywood but oftentimes it's very like once you pass this certain major street like all the, all the businesses are in, like, or a lot of the businesses, like, the languages all of a sudden, like, everything's, has Chinese writing, or everything has writing in Spanish, or everything's in Vietnamese, or, like, I'm not complaining about it, it's fine, it's something I love about the city, but it's, like, if you compare, like, Koreatown to, like, you know, Monterey Park, you know, or, like, Koreatown to, like, you know, uh, like, El Sereno area, um, like everything over in el sereno is pretty much in spanish and then everything in koreatown is pretty much in korean uh and it's not like everything i'd say the majority of businesses are still in english but um you notice it for sure like there's definitely a a lot of businesses like that like like combined in one area and that's fine you know um i don't i think it can be problematic or it can be you know just a good thing like it really just depends how you view it Um, I can see the costs and benefits of either way. Um, like there's a lot, there's a long list on both sides, but, um, yeah, I definitely was raised, um, uh, in my own mind, you know, I, I do remember secretly wishing, you know, I, I used to pray like not every night. But there was a point in my life when I was a kid, I was young, and I would pray, you know, I would be like, you know, dear God, please make it so I wake up and, you know, my vision is good so I don't have to use glasses, that I have blonde hair and my skin is a little bit lighter. I would pray that, like, I don't know how many years in a row, you know, I prayed that as a child, like, I was young, like, this is, like, before I could even drive, um, like, I didn't really have pride, like, in in my own, like, ethnicity um, too much. And nobody directly was like, you're black, you need to be ashamed. You're black, you need to be, like, thinking that you're inferior. But I naturally developed that just from being around no one who really looked like me. And the people I was around, like, never really seemed, like... I think I have one friend who is a Caucasian guy who was raised in a black neighborhood. So he was very, like, he would seek out black friends. um, Like, because they looked like the people in his neighborhood. And that's who he wanted to hang out with. And he was, like, saying how when he was younger, he experienced a lot of racism from being the white kid that was in the the black neighborhoods. And, you know, I kind of used to like going over to his house because you know, he had like neighbors and people in his apartment building that were all black. And so I was like, cool, we can go over him over there with him and like play basketball with all the other kids. And, you know, I was around black people and stuff and it was nice, but, um, I mean, that's just kind of how it was. Um, and you know, I, it's just kind of how, how things were for me when I was younger. Like I'm, I'm definitely different now, but I mean, back then, you know, I think a lot of that stuck with me. Uh, I think earlier on, it was harder for me to do well in school, because I just kind of thought, like, okay, like, if I get maybe not so great of grades, that's fine, you know, because I don't see anyone else that looks like me that's getting good grades, you know, like, I would see, you know, all I really saw on TV, like, back then, anyways, was, like, you know, hip hop and all that kind of videos and stuff. And most of those people, like in the videos, they didn't seem to be promoting wealth. They seemed to be like in poverty and all these other things. And when I saw movies with black people, you know, Spike Lee or whatever, like Crooklyn and movies about um, black people, a lot of times the people were, you know, in poverty or involved in crimes and just having a hard time of it other than like things like the Cosby show and all that kind of stuff you know and those were rare like you I would see that and I would be like this isn't like it was like I'm not saying that they weren't black enough that's not what I'm saying but I felt like they were some other representation that to me felt a little like okay this is maybe a version But this isn't like it seemed like an extreme version on the other end. Like it it seemed like so I would get I was getting kind of the message that, you know, that on one end, you know, there was no representation of any successful black people in my life other than family members that I was like, they must be rare. And I saw how hard they worked. And I was like, I don't know if I want to do that. Like, never being home with your family and always being stressed out. Um, And I'm like, well, that just means Black people have to work so much harder if they want to be successful. They have to work so hard that they're just, like, unhappy. And I just didn't understand it. I was like, you know, I looked around me and I saw people with their parents and going on all these trips and vacations and, like, you know, all these kinds of things. And I was like, well, why do my parents work so damn hard? And I hardly ever see them. And like maybe we had even a nicer place and lived in a nicer neighborhood than the majority of people I knew. But even though though the other people weren't black people, like we lived kind of like in a more upscale type of um, area. Maybe on the surface it looked like we had more wealth than a lot of people I knew. But then when it came to stuff like class trips or certain stuff, I was like, well, my folks can't really afford this or, you know, there was always stuff where like they couldn't afford this or couldn't afford that. So I was like, I kind of felt like there was that like keeping up with the Joneses and then seeing them working all the time and working so hard. I was like, you know, this doesn't seem sustainable um, for like good health and stuff and like for happiness. And I was thinking about my future and I'm like, yeah, if I ever had kids, I don't know if I could raise kids and be working like this, you know, working so hard and never having a break, you know. But that was just kind of how my per- my parents' work ethic was. Um, and I-, I think it helped everyone to get where they were. But um, at the same time, you know, it's it's hard. Like, you know, kids are smart. They observe what's around them. I was a smart kid, you know, I observed what was around me. I kind of understood that, hey, you know, um, there's a lot of stuff kind of like around and, you know, I'm, uh, trying to, uh, you know, do what I, what's around me, you know, I'm trying to kind of Uh, have a have a good time and so yeah I didn't really like I don't think I fully understood um, kind of what I needed what like like kind of why I was thinking the way that I was Um, I don't think I really understood it But looking back, I'm like, ah, yeah, it kind of makes sense because, you know, how I was raised, where I was raised, it makes sense that I would have some, like, weird understanding of things. But I do think later on when it came to, like, um, um, I don't know, there were some points in my life, like, maybe, like, early in high school where I struggled with, um, um, getting good grades, like, I think I didn't really learn how to actually, like, do really good with studying until it's was maybe around, like, 7th or 8th grade or so, um, um, and then, like, in ninth or 10th grade, I remember feeling some kind of pressure, because I was like, well, I don't know if I'm, like, being, like, a good black person, like, you know I didn't really know I was just kind of like well I don't know if I'm supposed to try too hard or if I'm supposed to get really good grades or like there was some stuff like that that came up that I was like I don't know like just mostly because I didn't see anybody around me doing anything that looked like what my parents would tell me like they'd be like you know like it was just like basic stuff of how to get ahead in life with like education and it helped it was good I mean I applied it and got pretty far and um I also had you know the resources that my parents provided for me and that helped and you know it was fine but you know I start to think about it and I'm like man you know like it's um it's maybe not uh maybe not like the easiest of um, of choices to make. So I don't know. So yeah, just, you know, and then when it comes to gossip, like definitely, that's always been one of the main things that rubs me wrong in social circles is that it creates such an unsafe space. And I grew up, in an environment where I would mention that not exactly in those words but I was just like dude don't you guys see that like this gossip is out of control and nobody else seemed to want to confront it but me and nobody else was trying to be disciplined about that and it was a it was a turnoff for me especially with like religion and stuff it was a turnoff for me because I was like of all the stuff that they preach about every single week and every single Time you're with people, it's like they'd rather talk about all the prejudices and all this other political stuff versus talking about actual stuff that matters for people's mental health, like they would just ignore it, you know, and I saw that, and I was like, "This is stupid, like why would I ever you know be a part of people who can't even like see that this is wrong? You know it's like they were so focused on all these other stupid things that they didn't want people to do that weren't harming really anybody. You know, it's like, if I drink a cup of coffee, how is that going to bother you? If I listen to music with drums or dance around in my room, how is that going to, how is that going to like really hurt somebody versus if I start talking crap about them or like spreading rumors about like their secrets and things, that's definitely going to hurt them. And so, you know, but I could do that. I could spread rumors about their secrets and be okay, but if somebody heard that I bought you know, a cheeseburger with bacon on the Sabbath, you know, it's like, God forbid, you know, so it's like, things like that, that are like, none of these other things are even anybody's business, you know, like, who cares, like, what I'm eating, or what I do on the Sabbath, and all these other things, it's like, none of that really matters, right, um, like, none of that's really gonna affect any other person, but if anybody, it might affect me, but it's not gonna affect anybody else in a church building, so why are they talking about it so much? You know, <laughs> like to me, I was like, this doesn't make any sense. This is stupid. Um, but yeah, that was one thing that I noticed um, with the gossiping. It just really got out of control. But um, uh, let me see. That might be about all I have to say about those topics in particular, but, you know, I just, I don't really know. Like, it's not, it's not like the, it's, I don't know, like, it is kind of what it is. Um, but yeah, so I'm gonna, uh, start heading to the gym. And for this episode, that's about it for now. And so with that, thank you so much for listening.